Ruth. Thank you, Ruth, and thank you, Jack, for excellent and thought-provoking Divrei Torah. Jack, you asked us to focus on Yitro, the title character of this Parsha. Not an Israelite, and yet vital to the reorganization of the people, Moses' father-in-law, a priest of a different people and religion who could see and respect that the Israelites' God had done amazing things and who chose to accompany them to the encounter with God at Sinai. You want us to take from this Parsha the indispensable role of non-Jews in the Jewish community. And as you probably know, your dad is in great company, including many, many members of this congregation. You want us to see that relationships with non-Jews are vital to the Jewish people, and I could not agree with you more. And Ruth, you focused on the moment when Moses and Moses alone was called up the mountain to meet God in our Parsha. And you asked about hierarchical versus egalitarian aspects to divine encounter, determining that overall, the Torah has an extraordinarily egalitarian and unmediated vision of our relationship with God. You expanded from there to consider what this means for us when it feels like God is absent, and then explored the changing nature of covenant and finally urged us to enact our part of the covenant by relating to our people, by taking the initiative in addressing the problems of our world, and in so doing, rousing God to bring about the redemption of the world. Small, small thing that you did there. In essence, you both talked about relationships. Relationships with non-Jews, relationships between individual Jews, among Jews, and between individual Jews and the Jewish people, and relationships with God. We are in a moment, as you just talked about, as you both talked about, 17 weeks since October 7th, when all of these relationships are undergoing some shifts and some changes. Since October 7th, the relationship amongst Jews is both closer and more divided than at any time in our lifetimes seems to me. And what I mean by that is that many Jews who had felt distant from Judaism or organized Jewish community have felt a centripetal force inward toward Jewish community in reaction to October 7th. But it's also a time in which our people are deeply divided in numerous ways. Meanwhile, our relationship as a Jewish people with the non-Jewish world has been shaken in a way that has shocked many of us and feels precarious. The anti-Semitism that's been on display and the lack of empathy for Israel and Israelis has made many Jews retract from relationships with non-Jews in fear or in distrust. And finally, Ruth, your Devar Torah has been one of several in recent weeks that asked about God's absence in the face of massive Israeli and Palestinian suffering. Two of the most important thinkers of the 20th century, Jewish thinkers, Martin Buber and Emmanuel Levinas, centered their philosophies around relationships. Buber felt that relationships, I, thou, encounters, are where we find God. And Levinas wrote that human ethics are based on the face-to-face -face encounter between one person and another. For both Buber and Levinas, God is the ultimate other, or the ultimate thou. 
And this week's Parsha, as you said, Ruth, Moses is called up the mountain to meet God. And verse 19.3 tells us, Moshe Moses went up to God and Adonai called to Moses from the mountain. The construction of this verse is strange and has led to a lot of commentary. First, it has Moses going up before he's called up. Second, he goes up to Elohim and then he's called by Adonai. Medieval commentators Ibn Ezra and Ramban disagree about how to understand Moses going up the mountain first and then calling up, being called up second. Ibn Ezra says that despite the phrasing, Moses actually was called first and then went up. It's just written backwards. Ramban says he only went partially up the mountain and then he was called and went all the way up. But neither of them, neither Ibn Ezra nor Ramban, address the fact that he goes up to Elohim and then is called by Adonai. I'll read it for you again. Moses went up to Elohim and Adonai called to Moses from the mountain. Leave that to Likutim Yikarim, an early collection of Hasidic teachings by the Baal Shem Tov and the Magid of Mesrich, among others. According to Likutim Yikarim, the calling by Adonai, Yudhe in this verse, matches the calling by Adonai in Exodus chapter 24, when Moses reascends the mountain after the Ten Commandments and after all the mitzvot of Parsha Bishpatim, the next Parsha, have been given. There it says, to Moses, God said, Ale el Adonai, ascend to God, ascend to Adonai. And you see, according to the rabbis, you might, not, you might or might not know this, Elohim is God's name or aspect of judgment or fear or awe. Whereas Adonai, Yudhe is God's name or aspect of love. The rabbis assert that both fear and awe and love are important qualities in the relationship with God. Likutim Yekarim tells us the verses mean that first Moses went up to God in the quality of fear. He was afraid. And he did that by moving through his fear, through great effort. And then once he was there, he was told to ascend to the place of love. The first gate they teach, the more difficult gate, is the gate of fear. But once you have the strength and courage to make it through the gate of fear, then the inner gate, the gate of love, is easier to enter. Just as this is true with God, the rabbis say, so too is it true in the human kingdom. Israel cannot survive without its relationship with the United States and without building a new relationship with Palestinians. It is extremely difficult after October 7th, during a war with Hamas, for many Israelis to consider opening to the idea of an independent, self-governing Palestinian state next door. It is terrifying, but so is continued occupation. So is annexation. So is one state. And so is losing the support of the United States and many American Jews. It is long past time for a Palestinian state. Tom Friedman advocated in the New York Times this week for what he called the Biden Doctrine, by which the United States will simultaneously stand up against Iran and its proxies, that's happening now, make an unprecedented effort to establish a Palestinian state, and secure an alliance with Saudi Arabia, 
This combination would make Israel significantly more secure while also granting Palestinians the freedom and self-determination they need and deserve. Such a plan would require everyone to reinvest in relationships at one of the most difficult possible times. But I pray that the negotiators who are negotiating right now arrive at an agreement immediately to release the hostages, to halt the war, and to establish the conditions necessary for this very doctrine. For those of us here in the United States who retracted from relationships with others after October 7th, naturally reacting to pain and fear by pulling inward like a turtle in a shell, it's time to start turning outward again. Some of us have avoided contact with people who might not understand how we were feeling. Some of us have avoided contact with those we don't agree with. But we cannot survive without strong relationships, not as individuals and not as a people. If you, like I, turned away from relationships because you feared what the other might say or not say, it's time to have those hard conversations. It's time to not assume that we know what anyone else is thinking or feeling. Here at CBE, not everyone agrees with one another. We've had a wide range of perspectives here, and we have room here for that wide range of perspectives. To make that clear, we're holding three listening circles, one in February, one in March, and one in April. Each circle will be capped at 50 people. Each person in the circle will have a minute or two, depending on how many people are there, to speak about their perspective about what's happening in Israel and Gaza. Everyone else will listen, and then the next person will speak. The hope is that every, in every circle, every person will hear from at least one other person who shares their views, and in every circle, every person will hear from at least one other person who does not share their views. Everyone will emerge knowing that they're not alone, and everyone will emerge a little more able to be in the discomfort of disagreement and still be in community together. There'll also be music, and there'll be havdalah, and there'll be food and drink for schmoozing afterward. And out of it, we will emerge as a community who are more able to listen to one another and more able to be heard. The first of these circles is next Saturday evening from 6 to 7.30. And CBE members can register on the website or through the advisory. And I hope that every one of you will do so. It is time for this kind of listening, not only at CBE, but among many of our relationships with Jews and non-Jews. As Jack taught us today, it is important for Jews to have relationships with non-Jews as a way of addressing the root causes of the war and finding a peaceful solution for all. It really does make all of us stronger. And as Ruth taught us today, we can decide to define the Jewish people as expansively and inclusively as possible, putting Jewish peoplehood first. We can value having a Jewish relationship to God alongside a Jewish relationship towards each other, collectively acting in a way that calls upon God to bring the redemption that is so deeply needed in our world. If we can get past that first gate of fear, we might even sometimes 
find an inner gate of love. Shabbat shalom.